Hey there, and welcome to the All For Us podcast. I've just got myself a handpan, <laughs> so I'm going to try and do a jingle at the start of my podcasts to see if it works. We'll go with it and see. Here he goes. <laughs> I don't know if you could hear that, but yeah, it is beautiful. Um, yes, so, apologies for the long hiatus. Hiatus? Where did that word come from? don't think I've ever used that word in my life, but obviously it came from somewhere. Um, but yeah, so, I haven't been doing the podcast for a long time, purely because I've been doing classes weekly um, at Soulbox in Whitehaven, and as part of my classes, we do like breath work, we do movement, um, we do a lot of like sort of just expressive movements, like almost like ecstatic dance movements. And it's all about sort of helping our bodies feel safe again in moments it once falsely believes to be a threat, which predominantly, uh, you know, is a lot of like the main foundation of what I teach. Well, I teach, that's the wrong words to use, that really isn't it? It shouldn't be teach, it's, it's share. You know, that's the experiences that I like to share with people. I don't like the word teach. To me, teach implies that, like, you know, there's a separation between me and and the people that come to the class. Whereas I I just like to kind of like to say, like, share. You know, I'd like to share practices with people. And if people's got their experiences they want to share too, then it's we're all learning from each other then, aren't we? Um, So, yeah, as part of my classes, we do conscious breathing techniques that soothe our nervous system and, you know, remove that build up of stress that we all experience during the week and we express our bodies so we can feel safe and free and liberated and you know the tissues keep the issues so we can express that energy that's no longer serving us perhaps we've been at work you know in the office all day biting our tongue feeling stressed and um, you know feeling like we're living in these boxes that society puts us in and then we come into the safe space and we take off that armour and we express the body and we no longer live in the mind we can you know feel like we're in the body so anyway as part of my classes in Soulbox I do a little bit of um, philosophy as well so it's, there's movement there's breath and there's also a little bit of a talk on philosophy and it's generally just you know things in life that you know I believe are, are good to, to know about you know so we've, we've learned about the masculine and the feminine we've discussed sort of habit building, we've discussed responsibility, we've discussed relationships, conscious ways of relating to our partners, and we've discussed everything from mental health to emotional health to relational relationship health, physical health, and yeah, it's just, it's lovely, it gives me kind of a nice safe space to talk to people and, and share some of the things that I believe have helped me over the years. Um, so anyway, long story short... I've decided to put some of the content that I discuss in my classes onto podcast form, purely because, you know, just say there's 10 people or whatever attend my classes and some people can't attend all of them, then they might miss some of the things I talk about. So I'm putting it onto a podcast episode. So if people can miss my classes, they can then catch up and listen to some of the content. And also as well, like, you know, if somebody can't attend a class, then they can just catch up on the podcast as well and and feel like they haven't missed out. And, you know, I think that we all live these busy lives and we all have sort of intentions to do things and 
And often, you know, we just want to get home and, and get settled. And, you know, if you can listen to a nice podcast or something or feel like you've you've learned something or or gained some experience in something, then, yeah, that's that's good as well. So, yeah, so the first episode I'm going to do that's sort of bringing my classes to a podcast form is to do with the nervous system. The nervous system, I suppose, is the foundation of everything I teach. And my experience of the nervous system is, you know, if we just discuss it in very simple terms, the nervous system is essentially our threat-detecting device in the body, okay? And, you know, I love to take everything back to our roots. I love to take everything back to how we evolved. You know, when we were cavemen and when we evolved from apes and up to Neanderthal men, like, we have evolved according to our environment, to what we needed. So, you know, as the podcast's called, all for us. Everything is happening for us. We adapt to the environment in a way to help us survive. So let's look at that then. If you think about when we evolved, okay, if we just say, just say we see the timeline of our evolution. I'm going to big line in front of you, yeah? You know, we've spent millions of years evolving through what I would call times of survival. Yeah, where our main priority in life was purely to survive. Okay? Now, what I mean by that is, like, literally survive. So, if you think when we were Neanderthal men or cavemen and, and apes, we'll have been in our caves and literally every couple of hours or so, every, you know, on a regular basis, a big saber-toothed tiger or a woolly mammoth would have come into our cave and literally tried to kill us, you know, and we would have had to run for our life or fight it off, yeah? So it would have been a regular occurrence that our life was in danger. On a regular basis, I would have, on a daily basis, numerous times, our life would have been in danger. So we've almost had to evolve in our bodies like a threat-detecting device, yeah, now I call that the, we call that the nervous system. So, what will have happened is this is my belief and my understanding is the body will have seen how we react in moments of fear and built in a system to keep us safe. So, if you imagine, right, think of the, um, you know, the, I think it's called. I think it's actually, there's a thing called Pav, Pavlova's dog or something like that. I've maybe butchered that. But it's it's a theory whereby they ring a bell and then they feed a dog immediately after they've rung the bell. Okay? Now, after time, they, they ring the bell and they give the dog some food. And after time, what happens is they can purely just ring the bell and the dog salivates as if to prepare it for food. Okay? So it's an action. The bell gets the dog ready for food. Okay? It's a conditioned response to an environment, obviously, the bell, okay? The bell rings, the dog salivates, it's ready for food, conditioned over time. So my belief is, according to the nervous system, if we are sat in our cave as cavemen and something from the environment comes out and causes a threat, you know, woolly mammoth or grizzly bear or saber-toothed tiger in them days, we would have reacted like as we do now, yeah? So think about what happens when you're in fear. Ah, you gasp, big inhale breath, yeah? You're shocked. That's the stereotypical response to a shock. Big inhale, gasp, fear response. 
Now, our bodies will have got used to that response over time. Yeah, over time, seeing that response happen and happen and happen. So it knows by that response, the inhale, gasp, breath, that we need energy. Okay. So essentially, the stress response in the body is built in to mobilize us, to, to actually mobilize us, get us to move. Yeah, it's, it's a perfectly, like, needed response to get us up off, off our asses and move. Okay, stress response is there to give us energy to move. Okay, so that we can either fight off the threat or run for our lives. Now, this energy comes in the form of adrenaline, cortisol, rushing through our body as fuel. Okay, that's why, you know, you see, you hear stories of, um, you know, when a mother has uh, got a child trapped in a car or something, and she's got that fear response, she can actually lift the car, yeah? Adrenaline is so, so powerful, it makes us so much stronger than what we actually normally are. There's there's true stories of, of mothers that have been able to lift cars because they're, like, obviously not lift a car like a big superhero, but actually move a car to the point where it frees their child. In this, And that is amazing to think of that. Like, adrenaline is rushing through somebody's body when they are in fear and they have energy to, to actually deal with the threat. It's an amazing thing to think of, adrenaline. And it helps put into perspective <laughs> that a lot of us are living our lives with this state running through our bodies, yeah? We're actually functioning through life on our adrenal response, yeah? Adrenaline running through our body, surging through <laughs> through our tissues, and no wonder we burn out. No wonder we get adrenal burnout and we get sick after a while because we're literally living our life in the fight-or-flight response. <clears throat> so if you think about that, because we've evolved during times of survival, we, do, we no longer live in times of survival, really, do we? We no longer live in the time where we are running for our lives all the time. We're no longer running away from big, you know, threats. But we've spent so much of our evolution evolving through times of survival. And it's only ever been in the last couple of hundred years that we've lived in times of comfort, okay? So most of our evolution has been running from threats. Okay, and that's so. If you look on the on the big long line in front of us, most of our years have been spent evolving through times of survival. Okay, and only a little tiny blip. Last couple of hundred years has been we're living in times of comfort. So we are still very much wired in our minds, in our bodies, to seek threats. Yeah, look for threats around every corner. That's just simply how we're wired. We've spent most of our evolution running from threats, running from to survive. Um, you know, and only the last couple of hundred years, we, we're in relative comfort, really. So that creates like a little bit of a situation because now we live in our life day to day and, you know, we're all breathing wrong, first of all. And because we're all breathing wrong, we're all breathing in these little shallow chest breaths, okay, which is close to the fear response. So, yeah, granted, we aren't all gasping with fear, you know, when, when something mild happens, but we are all close to the fear response, just day to day anyway, okay? So, 
Whereas we aren't getting the big woolly mammoth coming in our cave, we're getting stuck in a traffic jam. Hmm? Or we get an email off our colleague in HR that we don't like. Or we get having a confrontational conversation with our family members or our partner. And what happens is we all change into this shallow chest breath, set ourselves into the fear response, the fight or flight response, and we start our adrenals going, yeah? We start getting that energy in the body and we wonder why, okay? Humans are the only species that can actually make themselves anxious, make themselves generate the stress response by a thought alone, yeah? Let's look at anxiety. We can be sat in a car in a true peaceful situation with no threats and have a thought in our mind. That thought generates adrenaline in our body as though we're going to respond to a fight or flight situation in the environment. But there's simply nothing there to react against because it's just a thought. Because our body and the mind doesn't know the difference between a thought reaction generating energy or actually a physically visible reaction. The, thought, the mind doesn't know the difference between a thought perceived threat or an actual literal tangible threat. Like, let's understand that. Let's just digest that for a moment. The, the, the mind doesn't know the difference between a th perceived threat that is just thought and imagined or an actual threat, yeah? The body reacts in the same way. So purely recognising that, it's actually quite an important understanding because you can realise that you can put yourself into a stress response and there's simply nothing there to, to be stressed about, Okay. And it's understanding that because we're all wired to survive, the body can put itself into a state as if it's running away from a woolly mammoth simply by getting an email you don't like off Barbara in HR, yeah? Or simply by being stuck behind a tractor at work, on the way to work. So, understanding this is key. Yeah, everything's happening for us, yeah? We aren't victims to life, we're beneficiaries of life. Everything is happening for us. That is a big comfort and a big understanding get to, to get to because it helps us feel like we've got agency and we've got more agency on ourselves and we aren't just fumbling through life as victims. So, what's the response to that? Okay, so with the fight or flight response is giving us energy when, when we perceive a threat in the environment and we utilise that energy. Yeah? So we either fight it off or we run for our lives. We've used that adrenaline that we've been given. That's what would normally happen in you know, a situation when we're evolving. However, because we get that response now when we sat in a car or we uh, sat at home overthinking something, there's nothing to use that energy against. Okay, so what can we do? We can soothe ourselves. Yeah, we can recognize that it's our responsibility to soothe ourselves and bring ourselves back down to a state of calm. How can we do that? Think about a gazelle that's running away from a lion in the wild, okay? It's running away and it's get, they're both getting the adrenaline response in the body because the lion's running after the gazelle, the gazelle's running away. They're both getting adrenaline in the body to run. Obviously, one's running away, one's running towards it and to obviously to, you know, to get its dinner. If the gazelle manages to get away, what does it do? It shakes off the excess, yeah? It vigorously shakes and gets rid of the adrenal excess in the body, yeah? What happens with humans is we have a thought or we have a threat. The adrenaline stays in the body. It builds up over time. It makes us sick. It becomes toxic. We get disease. We get ill. 
and then obviously over time we decay. Yeah, that is literally what happens. The energy stays in the body and makes us sick. So recognizing that we can simply be aware of anxious energy in the body. We can soothe ourselves with the breath, okay, which I'll get onto in a moment. And then we shake. Yeah, so shaking our hands, shaking our legs, even just humming, yeah, just literally vibrated out of the body. I love to dance, I love to twist my hips. Literally, dancing, movement is medicine. So, these techniques where we are shaking, it's a beautiful thing to do to get rid of excess energy in the body. It's, it's literally removing build-up stress energy in the body. Now, the breath side of things, if we look at the inhale breath, which we've looked at, which brings on the fear response, which I referred to earlier, which is, <gasps> yeah, fear. The exhale response, ah. We sat on our sofa at the end of the night, we sigh. That brings on the calm and relaxed response, yeah? So, you imagine when you're in a situation where you're feeling stressed, purely by doing deep sighs, we're bringing ourselves back down into a calm and relaxed response. We're literally changing our inner state purely with the breath, okay? So, that's called the rest and digest response, which is, the, which is another response of the nervous system, yeah? The opposite of the fight or flight. Fight or flight is literally giving us energy to deal with the threat. Rest and digest, the calm and relaxed response is literally putting us in a situation where we can rest, recover and heal. If we're living our lives in these mild states of fear, mild states of fight or flight, which a lot of us are, because we don't know how to self-soothe, we cannot heal, we cannot connect authentically with people in our relationships because we're always hypervigilant and looking around every corner for threats. Okay, we're literally living our lives closed off, living our lives as though there's a threat around every corner because that's the way we've been conditioned, yeah? Being conditioned to look for threats because we haven't learned techniques such as self-soothing ourselves. If we learn how to self-soothe through the, through the exhale breathing, through the shaking of our, uh, you know, our hands and legs and dancing, essentially. If we learn that technique, suddenly we start having calmer thoughts. Yeah, suddenly we start having more peaceful thoughts and more powerful thoughts that I can do this. Yeah, I can deal with that situation in a calm way, and we don't get thoughts that are, you know, fearful and overthinking and anxiety. Our thoughts are generated by our inner state. Yeah, I remember personally, I remember when I was anxious and I was going through my anxiety, I remember having really anxious thoughts all the time. Any neutral situation would be the worst thing in the world. Any meeting that I would be having at work, it would be, oh, I'm going to be losing my job today. Like, any, you know, conversation that I'll be having with a partner would be, oh, you know, the relationship's going to end. <laughs> it's, I would all, my thought process was dictated by my inner state. Whereas now... You know, I've spent years learning how to self-soothe in these situations, get on top of my nervous system. Now, most of my thoughts generally on a daily basis are peaceful, happy, content, and joyful. And it's purely because I've learned to regulate my inner state. Okay, so, the fight or flight response, the rest and digest response, okay? Two of the most important responses of the nervous system, and we can control them through the breath. Now then, in today's society, 
we have other responses of the nervous system that modern times have conditioned us to, to get into. So, for example, when we are triggered by a threat, okay, often we can't fight or flight. Yeah? We're in a situation where we, we can't do anything towards it, so we freeze. So that is generally what happens with anxiety. Yeah? We're in a situation where we are getting fight or flight energy to deal with a threat, but there's simply nothing there, so we freeze. Yeah, we're in a position where there's no threat to fight or fight against and use the energy, so we freeze and we become stuck. Now, that can happen when, we, when we're younger as well, or we don't have capacity to deal with the response. So, for example, imagine if you were a young child and you are, you know, maybe doing a reading something out in class and somebody laughs at you. You maybe freeze because you don't have the capacity to deal with that and regulate that emotion, so that emotion can become stuck in the body. And it, we freeze, yeah? So a lot of us, you know, we can get into that freeze response. <clears throat> and what happens when we freeze? We feel numb over time if we're stuck in the freeze response because we block off our emotions and they become numb. And this can often lead to depression and shutdown and apathy and a, a sort of learned helplessness that there's nothing I can do to deal with the situation. And you feel sort of numb, low, disconnected, shut down really. It's like the shutdown response. So often over time, if we don't have capacity to deal with threats and stress in life, we become stuck in the freeze response. Yeah, And we become disconnected from ourselves and from our partners, from our friendships. We shut down. Yeah, We feel not good enough and we close off. This is a, a valid response. Your, your body's keeping you safe because... It senses a threat, okay? It doesn't have capacity to deal with that threat, so it shuts down, okay? It's the shutdown response to keep you safe. So how do we realise that we are in a shutdown response, in a freeze response, and safely come out of that? We simply show ourselves self-compassion. We simply show ourselves that we needed that response. It was valid. It was our body keeping us safe. And... It was doing everything that we needed at the time because we didn't have capacity to deal with the external threats that we were picking up in the environment. Okay, so it's the body looking after us, okay, keeping us safe because that's what we needed at the time. However, we may get to the situation where we think, right, okay, these patterns are no longer serving me anymore. Okay, I, it's not serving me to feel stuck to feel immobilised, to feel shut off, to feel numb, to feel disconnected, to feel depressed. So we need to gently tell our body it can feel safe, okay? Gently tell our body it can feel safe. We suddenly start to feel safe in the body again when we create practices, what I would call an embodiment practice, yeah? Simply sitting on your own, and how would I describe it? Building up practices where you can get out of your mind and into your body. So yoga helps, yeah? Yoga would help with that. Um, a humming meditation where you're humming and vibrating the vagus nerve, which calms you down. Okay, you are building up capacity again for your nervous system to feel regulated and back up to balance. And 
getting familiar with feeling safe again in your own body. So I like to sort of maybe lie down in the fetus position and give yourself a hug and gently sway from side to side, yeah? Just getting in your body. These practices are really healing and they sound very subtle, sound very subtle and often you can think, oh, that sounds a bit daft. But it's literally building up a relationship with your own body again. If you've been stuck in the freeze response for years, where you felt disconnected and blocked and shut down, you know, often you can get digestive issues as well when you've, you've shut down, you know, because often the shutdown response is shut down the digestive system as well, so you can get block, like, you know, blocked digestion and constipation. That's an, you know, another indication that you might be in the shutdown response. Uh, where the fight or flight response, <laughs> you, you know, it's just like, get out, so you'd have, like, really loose digestion. Um, so, yeah, it, normally digestion is a good key as to what state you're in as well. Um, so yeah, build up a relationship with your body again, sit down, become familiar with your body and, you know, there's practices you can do where you're tapping, you know, you're tapping your body as well and just becoming really embodied and it's a, it's a very nuanced kind of subtle thing to describe, it's almost something you have to kind of see, um, so I do apologise if I'm not describing it very well. If you could just look into embodiment practices, look into building a relationship up with feeling safe in your body again, that is the first steps to take to come out of the freeze response, okay? Because essentially you've disassociated with your body because you've lived in your head so long, looking for threats, whereas you need to feel safe in the body. We begin to heal and we begin to thrive when we teach our bodies it can feel safe in moments it once falsely believed to be a threat, okay? So... Often we can engage or activate another response of the nervous system called the fawn response. Okay, the fawn response, which is spelled F-A-W-N, is again what it is, it's it's a tactic that we use to keep us safe in threats where we can't fight or flight, and obviously it's another response alternative to the freeze response where freezing is just not in our interests so for example you know an extreme case of this one would be you know if you've been held captive by somebody who's keeping you prisoner you would it's the appease response where you appease your threat to almost like manipulate the circumstances into your favor so you can become free so if you think of like you know often somebody's been held captive this is an extreme extreme example you know, obviously, you would appease your captor so that you can make friends with them and then find an opportunity to break free. Now, this is actually, this actually happens. It's a known thing that happens when people are held captive, when they make friends with their captor so that they can then manipulate a circumstance where they can run and break, and break free. This often happens to the extent where it's like extreme and you actually, they can actually end up getting feelings for their captor um, because the appease response is their nervous system is making them attached to their captor or their threat as a way of removing it as a threat. Do you know what I mean? So it's like almost like when you become institutionalised. Imagine you're kept in prison and you end up liking being in prison because, you know, initially when you're put in prison, it's a threat. So your body is so powerful, your nervous system is so powerful at adapting to the environment that it makes it become okay. 
Um, so yeah, that's an extreme example. So how would that manifest in today's reality in a normal situation? The 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 phone response would come across like people pleasing, yeah, people who struggle to set boundaries, and they basically outsource their own needs to please others. So for example, if people are living their lives in a hyper vigilant state that everything is a threat, perhaps in their relationships they will outsource their own needs to please others. They will struggle to set boundaries and essentially they are the people pleasers yeah so often when people are ple- when when people are people pleasers it's not necessarily coming from a place of oh you know they're just doing everything to be nice to others which which they are of course but they're doing it to get their needs met because they feel safe when they appease others because they sense reality as a threat so people pleasing and this appe- this appeasing response where we can't set boundaries Often what it leads to is, over time, we become sick and we become stuck because we're blocking our true needs, okay? We are meeting others' needs ahead of our own, okay? And this comes down to we need to fill our cup up first so that we can help others and be there for others in a more authentic, conscious way, okay? It's not about feeding everyone else before ourselves because then we become run down. And what happens over time, your true needs will always find a way of expressing themselves. You know, words unspoken become symptoms, yeah? Energy unexpressed becomes disease. So it's about understanding that. So if you're a people pleaser and you can't set boundaries, over time you might start feeling resentment towards that relationship or towards that set of friends because you aren't being authentic to your own needs. So over time that might come out through resentment, jealousy, little subtle digs and over time that will build up because it's energy that isn't expressed and it will come out as sickness, disassociation. It might even lead to the freeze response um, if you can't feel like you can deal with it. So it's understanding these states of our nervous system are how we experience reality. So fight or flight response if we're living our lives like everything is a threat, we're going to be anxious. We're going to see all the threats in our lives, even though there's no threats there. Two people walking down the same street, one person sees all the threats and everything to be fearful of, one person sees everything to be grateful for. What's the difference? Simply the nervous system state they are in. We experience the world through the lens of our nervous system. That's simply it, yeah? So fight or flight response is going to generate anxious thoughts calm and relaxed response, which we can self-soothe and do ourselves, is brings on calmer thoughts, more positive thoughts. You know, once you realise your thoughts are determined by your inner state, you know, you can't decide to think something. Your thoughts just arise. Your thoughts just simply arise and they are determined by your inner state. The freeze response, you're probably going to have more disconnected, disassociated thoughts, or this isn't worth it, I'm not good enough. You know, apathy, thoughts of, uh, it's not worth it, there's nothing worth doing. Like, just numb thoughts of kind of like, new, almost like grey thoughts, if that makes sense. Um, and appeasing, you know, the, the fawn response, which is which I've referred to as well, is you're going to get people please a thoughts where you're going to be, oh, I need to please everyone else, I need to do, do, do for others, outsource my own needs. And that is a tactic. You need to look at that. It's your body trying to keep you safe by pleasing everyone else first because you're seeing the environment as a threat. Okay? If you calm your nervous system to a state of calm and relax and you do practices to get familiar with your own body again and feel safe in your own body, you get on, on top of your regulation of your nervous system, 
suddenly your relationships will change. You'll be coming at it from a more conscious lens. You'll set healthy boundaries. You won't get sick. You'll feel calmer and more conscious in your relationships. And you won't be living in a survival response. You'll be living in a calm response. It's the polyvagus theory, which indicates that we can't connect authentically with others if we are living life like it's a threat. Okay? So... Yeah, apologies for the, you know, the overload on information, but it's it's important to understand, yeah? We are simply wired for survival, and most of our responses are to keep us safe, yeah? The body isn't, you know, out to get us, it's out to keep us safe. It's just misunderstanding the environment that we're in, because we've spent millions of years in survival, where simply the last couple of hundred years have been comfort. Okay, so yeah, it's um, it's a very very interesting subject, the nervous system, and I would encourage you, you know, if this podcast's done anything of putting it on people's radars, read upon it, you know, feel into it and feel into what response you're in. Perhaps check into what response that you are living your life and experiencing the world through. If you are overthinking and you feel anxious all the time and you're overthinking and you get fearful thoughts. Perhaps start to regulate yourself, yeah? The physiological side has been scientifically proved to be the most fundamental thing we can do to calm our nervous system in any moment, yeah? You know, I alluded to them earlier, the sighs, but you can do a deeper sigh, which is called a physiological sigh, the double inhale, exhale. So I'll do it now. It's just one in, one full inhale through the nose. And when you get to the top, you do another short one, and then you do a long slow controlled exhale through the mouth so i'll do one now that's the physiological sigh it's a beautiful technique to calm your nervous system in any moment you know i'm i'm doing them loads of times throughout the day and it it just keeps on top of your nervous system it self soothes you and it brings you back to a state of calm. You know, funnily enough, which is a beautiful thing, this is the thing that babies do when they cry. You know, it's it's the thing that babies do when they cry to self-soothe. And it just shows that we know these things innately since we are born. Think of a baby crying, yeah? I'll do a daft example here. So a baby's crying. <laughs> yeah? That is the physiological sigh at the end where they go... <laughs> Yeah, it's the double inhale, exhale, obviously in a more faster way of a baby doing it. So we bring that into an adult life because we can't walk around going, (laughs) but we do it in a controlled way where we go. The physiological sigh, beautiful and amazing technique to calm your nervous system. Simply by adding that into your life, I would, you know, put my next wage slip on the line that your anxiety will feel yeah, a lot less like anxiety. And your thoughts will suddenly start to be a lot more peaceful. <sighs> so, I feel like I've talked a lot today. Um, so I'm going to tie things up. And yeah, so again, I just wanted to bring everything together into podcast form. I wanted to talk about the nervous system first, because I believe it's fundamentally a big part of my teachings. And I'm going to do these podcasts every week talking about a different subject 
that I've talked about in my classes. So you can feel like you can get the content of my classes just in the comforts of your own home and sat and learn about them. And if you've got any questions afterwards, feel free to drop me a message. Um, because, you know, by looking at my podcasts, you know, there's, um, you know, there's nearly 100 people that sometimes listen to the episodes, whereas often I can get like 10 people in my class. So to me, it just makes sense to try and spread this information to get it to more people. So yeah, I just want to leave you with one last quote that, you know, I've said during the podcast, but I just think it's so beautiful. We begin to heal and we begin to thrive when we teach our body it can feel safe in moments it once falsely believed to be a threat. Okay, think about that quote as you end this podcast and think about how you can make your body feel safe again. Okay, till next time, stay loving and stay wild.